0: Your degenerate friend from this morning? She laughed. It was a Hollywood laugh, as stale as the air inside the store he'd just left. Hardly. Whatever. Patrick was too tired for this shit. He pointed to his car door and she moved back, but not enough. It was hard to avoid touching her as he got in. He slipped his keys into the ignition, buckled his seatbelt, and rolled down the window, all the while acutely aware of the girl's big spidery eyes staring at him through the dirty glass. He turned on the engine. She waited, watching him. He hesitated. Do I know you? he finally asked. No. She leaned down into the open window. But I know you. There was a ring shaped like a coffin on one of her fingers, Patrick wondered if the skeleton earrings fit inside it. She smelled sweet and slightly burned, like incense. To Patrick's dismay, her black tank top fell in such a way that he could see her lacy purple bra, whether he wanted to or not. Jesus. He looked back up at her face. Staring at him through thickly painted eyelashes, she said, "'You're Patrick Cusimano.' Your dad was the one who killed Ryan Zurpak. Patrick froze. Ryan's family comes to my dad's worship group, the goth girl said, peering curiously past him into the back seat. I used to babysit for them sometimes. Then she saw Patrick's face, and her blood-colored lips opened. Hey, she said, but before she could say anything else, Patrick heard himself growl. Get your tits out of my car!" And then his wheels spun in the gravel, and she was gone. His heart was beating so fast that his ears ached. The year before, on a warm day in June, Patrick's father had come home from work two hours late, crying and smelling like Southern comfort. His hands were shaking, and there was vomit down the front of his shirt and pants. Sitting on the couch, white-faced and bleary-eyed. He wouldn't look at either of his sons. Holy God, he'd said over and over again. I did it now. Jesus Christ, I sure did it now. Patrick tried to get him to say what was wrong, but his father wouldn't or couldn't answer. Patrick's brother, Mike, brought a glass of water and a clean shirt, throwing the dirty one in the wash and starting the load without even thinking about it. But the old man wouldn't touch either, just rocked back and forth and clutched his head in his calloused hands, chanting the same refrain, Holy God! Holy fucking shit! It had been Patrick, after too much of this, who went to the garage and saw the dented bumper. Patrick who smelled the hot gasoline and copper tang in the air. Patrick, who stared for a long time at the wetness that looked like blood before reaching out to touch it and determined that, yes, it was blood. Patrick, who realized that the tiny white thing lodged in the grill wasn't gravel, but a tooth, too small to have come from an adult mouth. It had been Patrick who had realized that somebody somewhere was dead. Up until that point, there were two things that Patrick could count on to be true. The old man was a drunk, and the old man screwed up. And as far as Patrick was concerned, the first priority was fixing it. When he worked the morning shift at the warehouse, you woke up before he did so you could make the coffee and get him out the door. When he passed out on the couch, you took the cigarette from his limp fingers. When he ranted about the government that wanted to take his money, about the Chinese who wanted to take his job, about the birth control pills that had given Patrick's mother cancer and killed her. You kept your cool and had a beer yourself, and you tried to sneak away all the throwable objects so that in the morning there'd be glasses to drink from and a TV that didn't have a boot thrown through the screen. You took evasive action. You had a disaster off at the pass. You made it better. You fixed it. Staring at the bloody car, Patrick thought wearily, I can't fix this. Inside, Mike. My-